gorgeous. I love doing this. I love doing this. It's, oh, we've already got Desiree saying hi. Hi, Desiree, how are you? Desiree is a, a regular um, club. She's a club member and she's like a regular commentator on Trans Tuesday. I'm, I love Desiree. Every time she comes on, she's got such great thoughtful things to say. She always like has a beautiful interaction with us. And Desiree hails all the way from Alaska. So um, Didi, I know you're not on Facebook typically. No, um, my little sister's from Alaska. And so we talk all the time. So. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but we've been having people check in with us from Mexico, from the South Pacific. We've been getting our reach out there. Oh my goodness. All right, well, we're like a, a minute to eight, so I'm gonna get us started because I'm just so excited. Tonight is a, a groundbreaking episode. So welcome everyone to Trans Tuesday. So excited to um, have you join us tonight and to have a very, very, very special guest with us, um, the beautiful Didi. Didi, welcome to the show. You are our August Sister of the Month. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Cass. How are you? And this time I got it right, if you remember last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We had to, we had to, we had to stop, the, stop the video and start it all over again. We did. We did. But, you know, that's the beauty of the pre-recorded episode versus when we go live. So that is the wild part. Um, so uh, Dee Dee was our sister, is our sister of the month as we're rounding out August. This is called After the Show because we've already shared um, Dee Dee's story as a trans woman. Uh, it is free to listen to anybody who would like to listen to it. The links are on myfeminineheart.com on our website. And you can catch our trailer for it on YouTube for free. And you can listen to it for free on any podcast platform like Anchor, Spotify, Google, anywhere like that. If you're one of our club members, you should definitely watch this one because this one um, is really special. Dee Dee went through an unexpected feminization and she showed us the before and after pictures of that medical process. And you see those photos pop up throughout the interview. So it's really exciting. Um, and one of the, the amazing parts of having Didi with us is this is the first time uh, this month that I interviewed a trans woman who is not fully out of the closet. And when Didi speaks, you will see she's actually not live on camera with us because um, this is, she's going to talk about the keys to success a little tonight too of her marriage. She's been married almost 50 years, which is amazing. And um, part of that is the balance of how um, she lives her life part-time as Dee Dee and part-time in her um, genetically born male mode. And that's the one of the compromises she has with her wife is that she does not have a Facebook presence. So um, we have a really, you know, it's so exciting for her to join us tonight, but this is one of the ways um, that we kind of respect her privacy. So Didi, thank you so much for finding a way to join us. I mean, it's just, it, it's so tremendous. We love having you here. It was a lot of fun doing the interview in the first place. And I was looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. It was. Now, has your wife heard the interview yet? No, no. And she asked me tonight, she said, uh, should I listen to it? And I said, hey, it's up to you. I said, if there's something in there that you might not like or whatever, you know, uh, you better think about it before you do. 
you know, I mean, she's very open to the whole thing. And she has been for the past, uh, what's it been about five years now. Okay. But that before that period of time, things are a little different. Well, and that's one of the amazing things that you talk about in your interview is, you know, you, you thought getting married would quote unquote cure you because back 50 years ago, there was no internet. You didn't know what was going on a month into the marriage. You realized things didn't change and then you came out. So your wife has known for all, but the first month of your marriage that you were something you didn't even have right. The words for at the time, right? Nobody knew anything back then. I mean, to me, it's not like nowadays you go on the internet and you see everything that's going on back then you don't even know for sure that there's anybody else that's even like you. I mean, this is, to me, I was like, I was unique. I was the unique person. Little did I know after we went through all, you know, it, it was when the internet hit, it was like, wow, there's all kinds of people out there that are just like me. Yeah. And, but, you know, so you went through about 40 some years in your marriage where your wife accepted it, but really didn't overly participate or grasp it, right? Because, you know, you two were kind of figuring this out together along the way. Well, it wasn't a matter of figuring it out. I was trying to figure it out. She just said, go do whatever you want to do. Just leave me out of it. And I'm sure other people are out there that are listening to this saying, oh yeah, yeah, I was married and I'm, you know, my wife did the same thing or my wife is doing the same thing, but that all changed. And, and what made that change? Actually, I've asked her that several times and she's told me, she said, this is my doing. She said, it's something that I put together in my own head. She said, it's something that I, um, I'm going, I guess she's going to, she, she's ex exploring that end of it, or at least she was at the time. Um, since then, I mean, we go, we go out and we do things all, all the time. I mean, we have a great time and we've had some really good uh, transgender friends of mine here at the house. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, you know, just today and well, I'll, I'll catch up on our comments in a second too. Um, just today, somebody, uh, came up to me that is special to our family and, um, talked about how much your interview meant to her. And she's a part of the community of the LGBT community. And, um, she had a partner who had um, wanted to transition and started to explore that while they were together and um, their relationship no longer gelled well with that process. You know, they were both trying to process it together and she loved hearing your story, but also the idea that when you had this medical discovery for yourself that things started kind of clicking into place especially since not being born in the air of the internet you didn't really know where to start to begin with and um one of the things that she shared with me is is how amazing it is to hear the bridge that you crossed for yourself for your self-identity um, and, and for your, your marriage. And, um, one of the things that she said to me, which I'm very excited to hint at is she hopes that, um, I'll start to interview couples so she can hear both perspectives. And that 
is coming. So tonight's a groundbreaking interview in that we are interviewing our first um, woman who is not on Facebook and is living a, a part-time life, kind of closeted. And uh, coming up later this year, we're going to be hearing from actual couples talking about that journey together. So um, the fact that you two were able to do this, to do it, you know, figure it out on your own um, and, and come where you are now, because now you shop together, right? Like you live this beautiful dual life where you're out together as husband and wife, you're out together as Didi and wife, friend, girlfriend, like this, this, this beautiful existence. Um, did you ever see that happening for yourself? I, I can tell you right now, um, we have actually, it was, it was kind of funny. I, I, one time I, when I wanted to get her involved, I said, would you like to go do this with me? And she said, well, no. And then a day later, she, she said, but I'll go do this with you. So all of a sudden, things started coming together. And since then, I mean, we've gone to the symphony. We go to the art museum. We go to the, um, we go out shopping together. You know, I mean, we go to the science center. I mean, we go all over the place. But the thing is, is because of the people that I still know that know me as a male, and don't know the female side of me at all. It's really important that we go someplace where we're probably not going to run into anybody. And that's, that's pretty much the key. So we go, you know, we'll go 20, 25 minutes away or whatever, or longer than that. We'll go to someplace and we'll just do it. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, we'll even go out to the archery range. I mean, we, 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 we have uh, a bows and we go out to the archery range and I go out to Stevie. Okay, so I mean, it's, it's fun doing that. And I think that it's, you know, it's something that she's learned to enjoy with me now. And I'll tell you, I can't, I couldn't ask for anything better than to have her do this with me. That's, I mean, that's amazing. I'm so excited for you. I literally just got a question from somebody. I don't know who someone texted me saying that they're looking for the interview for tonight. They're looking for your live Q and A. Um, and they were looking on the website. So I let them know they needed to go to the Facebook page. Um, we've got people tuning in, um, Didi, cause this is, I mean, this is, this is exciting. This is really groundbreaking. I just want to give shout outs to some of the people that, that you may know. So Chloe Webb is in and she wanted to say hi. Hey, Chloe, how are you? <laughs> and we've got Tracy Lynn is joining us. Um, we've got Leslie Dunn is watching us. We've got an exciting crew joining us tonight. Um, one of the things that people have been giving me feedback on since your interview um, is the revelation you have with DES. So uh, I've been out doing um, some different public speaking in different places. So I'll give a shout out right now for tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm giving a free seminar with first event. So um, Didi, you've been to first event, right? No, no. First event, no, no. Just, just Keystone. Just Keystone. Yeah. Well, first event in Boston is run by the Trans Club of New England. And um, they, ha they have transformed already first event, not knowing what would happen in the winter 
with COVID, because typically it's the first weekend of February, they've already started doing weekly workshops. So um, as part of our My Feminine Heart crew, Lindsay Tab already did one. I think she actually did like their second one, their first or second one. I am giving one tomorrow night on how to look amazing in your pictures, um, which is something that's really key to my heart as a photographer. And in my work in the community, I'm a big proponent on helping everyone have better pictures online because right now we're also disconnected with COVID. I mean, you and I are Zooming this right now instead of like being here together. Um, but, you know, when you get your pictures out there online, it's a way to connect with each other, but it's also a way to inspire people to go out and live their life. And I know, um, Didi, that you're not on Facebook, but you are on other social media and you show yourself out and about as Didi and you have a group of followers who watch you and are inspired by the life that you are living. And that's so special. Um, oh, Christy Avery says, hi. That's my little sister. Hi, Christy. Um, we've got Tommy Lynn Royer watching us. We've got Samantha Ambrose is watching. So Samantha um, is actually, she's the one who connected me, she and Lindsay with the first event workshop. So that's tomorrow night. Where was I going with this? So there's going to be, um, there's a link that went on the newsletter. If you're not getting our newsletters, email me info at CassandraStorm.com or send me your email through our Facebook page. Um, but tomorrow night, if you go to the Trans Club of New England website or the first event website, my seminar is at 7 p.m. Eastern, and um, you can log in and listen to me speak. But I just spoke um, right before your interview aired, right before I was speaking to the Chicago Gender Society. It's great because in Zoom, I can now be everywhere. I can talk to all these different groups. And I was Zooming with, um, I would say, a, a group of folks, several of which were, were in the age range that could have been affected by DES. And I you know, there was a lot of excitement for your interview. I was telling them about it. It was a lot of people who hadn't already been exposed to my feminine heart because they're in another part of the country than I've typically been able to travel to for my work before. And I saw so many faces like jaw drop when I talked about the revelation you had with DES, realizing that could also have been a part of their life. Um, so Didi, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you talk about it. One of the things I want to mention that Didi and I both I think we're agreement on we're not doctors. Um, <laughs> Didi had a medical issue and she discovered for her what might have created you know, her lifestyle now, the life that she's living through this like unique medical issue. She had this let's, whole- let's go, let's go back like 10 years, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably a good place to start. But, but wait, wait, wait one wait. second. But just saying we're not doctors and we're not saying that this may is the reason that people are trans because of this reason. Um, and we're not saying that um, everybody who had this happen to them ended up being trans but they are, scientists are making some connections. And for you, what we're going to talk about, this resonated. All right, now, I got all the waivers out of the way. <laughs> okay, so you want me to roll now? Yeah, you've got it. Okay, I'm going to roll. Um, all right, actually going back 10 years, I think that's probably the place to start. Um, I was doing, doing just some research and I happened to 
happen upon um, DES and DES sons. And I read a lot about what was going on as far as what they did to the, uh, to the mothers and that. And it just so happens that, you know, my mom is still alive. And that's one of the reasons why we have the picture up here right now, why I'm not live. I really don't want her to know any of this because I don't want her to think that there's a possibility that she might have caused this or whatever. You know, I mean, I just, it's, it's one of those things that I just don't want to have. Mm-hmm. So when I went to my mom afterwards, I said, and this is 10 years ago, I said, mom, I was reading some stuff online. I said, do you realize that during the 50s, when I was born, I said that there was a drug that they gave to moms, to mothers to make sure that they didn't miscarry. And she goes, you mean the vitamin? I go, the vitamin? She goes, yeah, I had that from you. They told me, you know, I want to make, you know, make sure that I was the firstborn. want to make sure that there's not a problem. And um, they gave me a vitamin. And I said, the vitamin. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the way that they explained it to her. And I, you know, I went through and I, and she explained everything to me. And I don't really think that she, she knew for sure what the real name was. I had told her DES, Diacylvestral. And I don't think she really got that part of it, but she did know that she took a very specific drug or a vitamin, should I say, to make sure that she didn't miscarry while she was carrying And this is is the era when no one questioned their doctor. Doctors are doing cigarette commercials and no one's questioning like what the doctor recommendation is. Right, exactly. So, well, so anybody who's watching um, the years that we believe are like 1931 to all the way up to 71. um, Actually 78, it, it went really through 78. Wow. Well, but it, starting in 1961, the FDA declared this actually DES does not prevent miscarriage or stillbirth, and they still gave it to pregnant women anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. So decades and decades of women who took an extreme estrogen hormone while pregnant. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. So fast forward. Um, I had a problem with the prostate and my doctor said, I've got something for you that we can take care of and we can get the prostate shrunk. And, and, um, what it, what it is basically is it's a, um, DHT blocker. Now, if somebody doesn't understand what DHT is, and I can kind of explain it, testosterone in the male body is turned into DHT, at least that's part of it. It still remains in the body as testosterone, but DHT is responsible for more of the male characteristics, male pattern baldness, and so on and so forth, that type of thing, Um, and also prostate enlargement. So this drug, and oh, and by the way, DHT is about five times stronger than testosterone itself. So this drug was given to me, and for the first year, I didn't really see anything happening. I mean, it was, you know, other than the fact that oh, my prostate, great. I mean, I was, you know, back to normal and, and everything was good. The, after about a year, that's when things started to change. And, you know, the first thing I noticed was my hair was changing. It's not as far as on my head, because this is my real hair. Um, mm-hmm. I 
had the hair on my back, the hair on my chest. My arm hair, I mean, first off, the chest and back hair, almost completely gone. Okay, I mean, it just, and it got very, very thin. And I'm sure anybody that's on here that has done estrogen therapy or whatever understands exactly what I'm talking about because that's part of what was happening. And we don't lose beers, but we do, you know, that. I started noticing characteristics as far as my, my male characteristics were changing, as far as my facial uh, characteristics and so on becoming more feminine. My skin was becoming more feminine. And I always, when I was younger and throughout my life, had always had a little bit of bigger breast growth as it was, um, which was something I got teased for when I was younger in, in school and so on and so forth. But yet there was more of that. Um, not a lot, but there was also tenderness there. Um, so I knew that there were some things happening. And as you know, and most of the people that are probably listening to this interview know, that it takes a lot of time when you go on estrogen therapy for things to change. Um, this was something that happened very, very slow for me. So for the past four years, I've seen many, many, many changes happen in me. And, you know, I would think that even Christy, um, who knows me really well, who's listening to this right now, my little sister, Christy from up in Alaska, she can probably tell you that when she first met me compared to now, even the changes that, you know, in two years that I've gone through, I would imagine that she could tell, because we just, we just had a Zoom the other night and, you know, I mean, she knows me pretty well. So I think that there's even more changes and I don't know what whether they're going to stop or whatever, but there has to be a certain period of time where, where things are going to level up, and they have. But I'm kind of in a medium type ground where I can still go out and I can still do the male thing, and I can go out and do the female thing. And you know, I've told I told you in the one interview that I really felt that when I'm out that I've really never been red. I mean, I I feel very very comfortable when I go out especially when I go out with my, my wife. We're just two girlfriends that go out together, which is kind of fun. Well, and you know, what you shared is not only did the DHT blocker that you went on for your prostate feminize you now, but I mean, you were not a very masculine lumberjack looking person at all in your life. Like you're, you're a shorty. You're yeah. like a little cutie patootie. You're near my height. Um, you know. Five, six and a half. Yeah. And if um, for our club members who get to watch our videos, if you watch Dee Dee's interview, you'll see pictures of like her full body. Like she was tiny. Um, but, you know, and you and I have chatted and I've, I've seen you kind of like in both modes. So I, I totally see how you pass as a man and as a woman. And if that's where your goal is, you you struck that beautiful balance. Oh my goodness. Um, you, you know what? It's, it's, it's kind of like, and I told you this one time before, it's a dream come true. It really is to be able to live the life of both a male and a female. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and here's the other thing, you know, everything that I do right now reflects on my life. So, you know, I have to watch exactly what I do. Um, too many, too many of my friends that I know have had serious problems with their marriage and aren't married anymore. I mean, you know, trans, uh, transgender friends. I mean, that's, it's, you know, I happen to be lucky enough 
to have a wife that at least understands and allows me to do what I'm doing. I mean, you can tell everybody that, I mean, when I sat down here in the chair tonight, I mean, I am dating. Okay. I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's it. And I mean, my wife was sitting right here. I mean, so it's, you know, I, I do, I do it whenever I want. As a matter of fact, we were out shopping today. So um, we had some fun going out shopping. We bought some, some cute stuff. Well, what I find interesting, and we've got people joining us who, who they think they may be DES, DESNs too, and I'm going to read their comments in a minute. What I find that's interesting is not just that you feminized when you went on the DHT blocker, but your brother had the same medical condition, went on the same medicine, no change. Right. And my mom did not, um, my mom did not take uh, DES when she was pregnant with him. And there was four years difference between the two of us. And I think it's interesting that she took it for you because you were firstborn, but she didn't take it for her other children. And we've got, um, so we have some people joining. I don't, I don't wanna miss this um, because this is, you know, I, I think this is really special. So uh, Samantha um, Ambrose, she shared, my mom took DES in the 60s um, and late 50s. We lost two of my siblings after me and my sister survived. First of all, Samantha, I'm so sorry um, for, for that loss for, for your family and, and for your mother. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I mean, obviously this is what women were dealing with. Who knows the fear your mother had, or maybe she even had difficulty getting pregnant, which would lead her to take DES for firstborn. Um, Leah, Leah Masters has joined us tonight. Erica Fremont, um, Chloe Webb. Chloe Webb, I asked the ladies online, I said, who here knows what DES is? And she said, I do. And I might, I might be, I think she means she might be a DES son as, as well. And, and, you know, Chloe and I have talked about this before. I mean, that's Chloe's what she a, just typed. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are really, you know, we're good friends. Uh, we haven't talked. Chloe, we got to talk. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we've talked about this and I, I've talked about this with, with several of my friends. Um, I know a friend of mine that went to Keystone with me last year from Oregon, and she has gone through the full transition, and she is a DES son. And it's one of the things that we talked about. Um, she did a couple of seminars at uh, Keystone last year. I'd, I'd love to know who's watching with us. If you knew what DES was before um, Dee came on the show with either the interview she had, we broadcast the other week or for tonight. If you, if you knew what DES was before, give me a thumbs up on Facebook, do the, the like thumbs up. And if you did not ever hear of DES, and if this is all new information to you, show us a heart. Um, I'd love to kind of have that idea of reading who here knew and didn't know. So if you knew get what DES was, give us a thumbs up. If you've never heard of DES before tonight, give us the heart, because I want to know how many people were reaching with this. Um, um, and we've got Sarah Shores is joining us too. Chloe, um, Chloe says after the call, um, she said, um, she said you, you two have talked about this before. Her mom had had two miscarriages between herself and her other siblings, and they did everything they could to prevent another one. And that's, I mean, you know, that's the information had at the time. That's totally understandable, of course. Um, here's, here's the here's the one thing, though, that 
is, is hard to understand. All my records from where I was born are gone. The hospital's gone. And most of the people that were born in the 50s, I don't think are going to be able to trace back to find out if it really happened. Um, and I know that a lot of records were, I'm sure that were, were erased or whatever, you know, they, you know, once this got out, it was not the right thing to do. And there were problems, um, you know, things happen. But I was lucky enough to find out from my mom. Okay, now, if your mom can tell you, and I know I've talked to several people that have said, hey, my mom told me all about this drug and told me that I took it. So that's, that's how I was able to find out from when my mom said that. But most are not going to be able to trace their lineage back all the ways to find out whether they have or have it. And that was the big thing that the question mark in my mind throughout all the years kind of ended up being, wow, maybe this is an answer to everything that I've been through all my life. And I know that it was a revelation to my wife too. That's incredible, Didi. I'm so sorry. I'm being floored by what's being shared on Facebook right now. Samantha, thank you so much for being so brave and for sharing this. Um, so Samantha said, I was, and this is one of the things, um, Didi, that we did not fully talk about in our interview that I wanted to hit tonight is we did not hit um, other things that DES has affected um, and how some of the research you've done, it can last through generations and what we're seeing generationally later because some people were taking this back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, so Samantha said, I was born with both fully developed male and female organs. SRS, so sexual reassignment surgery, was performed on me within 48 hours of birth. The doctors decided on the male gender. My two siblings did not survive this same procedure. Wow. I have known of DES since high school. I have a hard copy of all my medical records from St. Vincent's in New York. I have had cosmetic surgery and testosterone for decades. Samantha, that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. My, my God, I, I, it's just, you know, you, and, and you hear stories and we know people that, you know, at birth, the doctor flips a coin and sometimes it just, it, it affects you the rest of your, I mean, how does it not affect you for the rest of your life when you were born with both, both organs? Christy says, yes, Didi, you are fortunate to have your wife. She is, of course, understanding, wonderful, and I enjoy her company. Yeah, but Didi, she's been here. <laughs> but Didi, your ability to communicate and be yourself is obviously a major gift you bring to your marriage and as well when we have been out as our male selves or feminine selves. Wow. Didi, I will say, I do think that one of the most pivotal things in a marriage is communication and you are an amazing communicator. I have no doubt um, that your ability to process this with your spouse um, verbally has been an incredible gift for your marriage. I'll tell you what, there's been many, many times where I have sat down and just cried because you don't know why you are what you are. And, you know, like I said, when this whole thing, when I found out about DES, to me, and I know to my wife, it was a revelation. 
Um, I told her about my mom, what my mom had said, and I, I know she believed me, but I know also that she went over to the house and she kind of, in a roundabouts way, mentioned something until my mom came out and actually told her about it too. So she understands and knows that it really was something that happened. That's amazing. That's amazing. And for you guys, you know, one of the things that you had shared with me previously is that um, even though your wife always accepted it, but kind of at a distance, it was this um, revelation of DES that one, put you into therapy and two, helped it all sink with your wife. And she finally just got it. And that's where I feel like that really began the process after 40 some years of marriage. I mean, your communication made it work through 40 years, but after 40 years, it's kind of this revelation that helped the, put the icing on the cake. She's the one that told me finally, she said, I'm the one that is making this happen. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that has made the decision to go forward and do this. And she has. And I actually think that she has a really good time when we go out together. Yeah. So, I mean, she has fun with me both ways. So, I mean, the, the best part about having a wife that understands is we can go out, not only can we do things together, but we shop together. I know her, her tastes, she knows my tastes. Um, we, I mean, it's just like when we went out today, she pulls up Dr. Rack, she goes, here you go, this is you. You know, and then she found another purse today. It's like, okay, this, you know, we, you know, we, we do that all the time and it's fun and we do it. The, the funny thing is, is we can do it in male mode with me being in male mode. It doesn't matter. I go right through the racks and I do whatever I'm going to do. And, and, you know, oh, this will, this look good, good on you. And it's okay. So, you know, she's really, really good as far as that. And, and that's what makes for a lot of fun. Um, it was difficult. I mean, it was really difficult getting to that point in, in, in my life, okay, in our lives, okay? Um, but, and, and people have asked me, and, and I told you this before, um, I've had a lot of, a lot of people saying, um, ask me, how long have you been 24-7? You know, mm -hmm. they tell me in just dating mode, and I'm not. What do you mean you're not? Um, um, Joanne Carroll and Keystone, she, Joanne said, she goes, we were sitting down at for breakfast one day and she goes, Edie, how long have you been 24 7? That said, sounds like Joanne. I said, Joanne, I'm not. She goes, what do you mean you're not? I said, and I mean, I, I was in doing that, just my hair in a ponytail. I might have had some lipstick on, maybe some mascara or something like that, but that was basically it. This is first thing in the morning, you know, and, and, and Joanne said, I can't believe you're not 24 7. But that's the fun part about this. I mean, I, Feel, I still enjoy being uh, doing the male things. I do. There's certain things that I really enjoy as far as male, but there's some things female and things that I've learned as far as going out as a female. I would have never learned unless I did that. You know, there's a whole different side of my life now that I really, I love. I have some clients at Keystone. Um, you know, that's where I had started as a photographer, I think back in, in 2012. Um, on my, in my journey as a trans photographer. And um, I've had clients come up to me and say, you know, my wife knows, but she won't come. 
you know, to the conference and it's heartbreaking. She doesn't want anything to do with this. Um, and I, I have one client in mind that you can tell she's probably not the coolest guy, you know, like in guy mode, she's probably like not somebody like that you're, you're going to run around and have fun with. But as a woman, she just lights up and she says the biggest heartbreak for her is her wife misses the best part of her. This is the side of her that's fun. This is a side of her that will go, you know, drinking and, and have margaritas and go dancing and, and joke and laugh and, and feel that lightness in herself. As a man, she's all buttoned up. But Funny you say her, that, okay, because as a male, I very seldom do anything as far as dance or that type of thing. But as a woman, I can go out and I can hit the floor and I can have fun. So it's it, it's funny the the mindset that you get into. Um, my feeling is I don't I've never thought of I, okay wait a minute let me go back here. Um, I guess for maybe the first forty years or so of of our marriage I was probably what you would put me into as far as being a crossdresser. I mean that's that's probably pretty much it when all of this went down where the feminization started. That's when things changed and it's not cross-dressing anymore. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm, we talked about this one. I'm one of these people that I'll go out in blue jeans, you know, give me, give me some skinny jeans, uh, knee high boots, you know, four inch chunky heels or three inch, excuse me, that's as high as I go, three inch chunky heels. And and, and a blouse, you know, I mean, I, that's, that's me. Um, I have dresses, but I don't you I don't wear dresses that often. I, I dress like somebody going to the, you know, a woman going to the, um, to go get groceries or whatever. I, that's, I like that. That's, that to me is me. And the, and the thing is, is I don't, I don't wear female clothes to feel female. I always feel female, okay? Now, when I'm male, and I'm in the male mode, and this is kind of crazy. People will say, how can you be like this? When I'm in the male mode, I click right into that male mode, and it's not about the clothes. It's just, you know, whatever. But no matter what happens, even in male mode, I've always got Didi in the back of my mind. Didi's always there. It never changes, okay? That's that's the that's the crazy part about this, and, and since things have changed with me. It's, 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 um, it's not about dressing. It's about what's in my head. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And that's, you know, that's like the, the key concept of my feminine heart is, you know, the femininity starts from the inside. You don't have to be in six inch stiletto heels, you know, to be a woman or to feel feminine wherever you are out here the femininity starts on the inside. And it's amazing to hear that even when you're in male mode, you still, cause I know you, you can go all man, like you've got some manly hobbies, um, but you know, you still have DD inside. How can you not? That's, that's the whole, I mean, if, if, and, and, and that's, I think some of the differences between being a crossdresser and being transgender. Um, and maybe somebody that has transitioned can say, well, can, how can you consider yourself transgender? I am. I mean, I really am. Um, my body has changed. I mean, I have changed. 
even though I do both, you know, male and female, I have changed as a person completely. So I do consider myself being transgender. And, you know, in therapy, that's what my therapist says. Yeah, you're, you are transgender. I mean, there's no question about that. So um, go ahead. And you're, you're, you're transgender with no intention to fully transition. There isn't like I'm DD part-time now and I'm DD full-time a year from now. This is it. As far as you're considered your happiness curve, you're at the apex of it. You're at the climax of this, of this ultimate life and, and lifestyle and you're good. Well, I'm good with what it is right now. Okay. Um, I have to respect a woman that I've been with for the better part of my life. And, you know, she respects me. I try to respect that. And if, if God forbid something were to happen, who knows what would be in the future, okay? But where things are right now, that's where it's going to remain. And it's also, it also gives me the feeling that I know I can always go out and have a really good time. Didi and her can go out together and have a great time together. And that's, that's the fun thing. And that's, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm so excited to have you be our first um, trans woman who has not fully transitioned on the show uh, so that anybody watching and anybody listening can feel validated in where they are in life. I, I don't want people to feel like I'm not good enough or special enough or I'm not trans enough because I haven't transitioned or because I may never transition, or this is wherever I am on the feminine spectrum. Wherever you are is where you are supposed to be right now, and that's beautiful. Um, Didi, I know you're not on Facebook, so I am, I am neglecting a lot of comments coming in. Are you ready for me to read you some more? Go for it. Okay, so I read these like, if, you're, if anyone's watching, I read these like off my phone, um, you know, because I've got the zoom up on the screen. Um, so Samantha, who, who had shared her information before, said she stopped her testosterone in 2007. And um, she's the one who had lost um, siblings to SRS surgery and had SRS surgery within 48 hours of being born. She says, I cry because I'm alive. Joy after a long period of darkness. I have known this since 1974 when my mom handed me the medical report and passed away from cancer. I was 17. I decided I was going to reverse the gender mistake that was made. Wow. Oh my goodness. I, I got like chills just reading that. Samantha, what you have gone through losing your mom at 17, finding this out at 17 and taking, who has the ability at 17 to take that kind of declaration and control of their life? That's, that's incredible for any path of, of anything. That's, that's amazing. Especially in, especially in those years. Okay. Think about yeah, it. I you're can't. in the, yeah. Oh my gosh. Samantha, uh, amazing. I, uh, I, I applaud you. Um, Robin Kunkel has joined us. Christine Lynn Stevens has joined us. Um, we've got Marie Lamont and Sarah Shore. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for joining with us tonight. So one of the things that I'm asking is for everybody, if you knew what DES was before, um, please give this a like, give us the thumbs up if you look for the comments on Facebook. And um, if this is new information to you, please put the heart because I'd love to know from our audience 
who knew about DES and who didn't, because when I spoke to the Chicago Gender Society last month, um, nobody, or I, I don't think anyone knew, or maybe just a small fraction of the audience knew what I was talking about. And That's I was surprising. Talking, That's I know. Really surprising. And I, I was talking to a room of what seemed to be several people who were not fully transitioned, who were part-time, and to a room of people who very much could have been in this age range where it could have affected them. Pretty much, you're saying almost at this point, anyone born up to 1978, this could have affected. Um, because they even, you know, even since 1961, when they knew it was not doing anything to help women in their pregnancies, they were still administering it. So there you go. You know, one of the things that I didn't talk about too is the fact that, you know, um, my therapist got me in with a really good endo and, you know, my hormone levels have been crazy. I mean, and that's all because of, you know, taking the, the drug I took for the, um, the prostate and I still take it, but I mean, it has just, you know, it, it is, the hormone levels are all over the map. I mean, they really are. And I, I take, you know, I go in every six months, which I've got scheduled here end of September to go back in and get some more blood tests done but I have to monitor that all the time mm -hmm. and Didi what are some of the things you've you've been educating me quite a bit on it so you're saying generationally they are finding where has the DES skipped generations or is it um, getting stronger as generations go what are what are they finding now that you know uh, grandmothers and maybe even a great-grandmother may have taken DES the only thing that I've read about and know about is that two or three generations down, there's still been problems. Um, I know that little birth defects such as uh, urethas coming out of the wrong part of the penis and so on. Um, there's been some, some crazy things, um, even dual, you know, dual sex and that in two or three uh, generations. So, I mean, it's still hitting two or three generations later. Yeah. Yeah. The dual sex organs. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So if anybody's out there, um, Robin Kunkel has, has let us know. She actually, um, she said, there's a group, there's a DES awareness group. She Googled it and she started studying um, perhaps in prep for today, D, what DES is. Um, so this is, this is, this is hitting home to so many people. Living um, it is one thing, living it is another. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and Didi, what did it mean to you? Like what, what was going through your mind when you were feminizing? Um, it, that's, that's really difficult. Um, <laughs> it, I don't ask the easy questions. On yeah, that, 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 that's a tough one. Um, actually, you know, it was, I, I liked what was happening to me. I mean, there's no question. Um, I enjoyed that part of it, but because I had a good idea of what was really going on, uh, because of the DES, I, you know, that was there and, and I could relate. I could say, okay, I'm thinking that there is a correlation between what my mom took and what's happening to me right now. You know, I also had to figure out what was going on with the, with the, with the blocker that was given to me for the, uh, for the DDH or DHT blocker. You know, I didn't know anything about any of this, but 
the internet's a wonderful thing. You can get on the internet and you can find out what's going on uh, as far as Googling this or Googling that, and you can get a lot of answers. You can get a lot of wrong answers too. So, you know, I took what I thought was the right answers and I put things together. When I went to my therapist, one of the good things about going to my therapist is she was able to put me in touch with a very, very good endo. Um, that, that in itself helped a lot because I found out that my, my testosterone levels had gone crazy. I mean, crazy low. Um, and when, you're, when your levels go as low as my levels go went, I mean, we're talking about testosterone levels and uh, estrogen levels. Both levels were so low that, you know, I was, I, I could have had a heart attack. I could have had a stroke, whatever. I was really super, super tired. Um, I was dragging butt all the time and I couldn't figure out why was it because, and, and a lot of people, well, you read things and well, women just don't have the stamina that men have and, and so on. It was more than that. It was a lot more than that. And when I finally got to the endo and we did some tests, I found out, yeah, um, my testosterone levels have gone down to 44 and geez, it's like, what, you know, I mean, that's, that's incredibly low, low for a male is like two, 200. So, and, and normally it's in the fives or six, six hundreds. So, you know, it, it's something that I have to constantly monitor and make sure that I stay in pretty good shape. Now I'm in my middle 200s right now, and that's good. And little little things that little tricks that he helped me with with medication that helped me out, and uh, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, and um, it, you did not ever see an endocrinologist or a therapist before the DES, so you went through most of your life up until the DES feminization started before you actually saw these doctors. Yeah, um, the funny thing was is, you know, I would talk to my wife about it and, and finally she told me, she said, you know, I'm not your therapist. Maybe it would be a great idea for you to seek out a therapist. And I, you know, that's something you just, this is the last thing you really wanna think about doing but it made a lot of sense at the time. So I did some, I did some research and I happened to find an absolutely wonderful uh, gender psychologist that had been a gender psychologist almost exclusively for 26 years, right around the corner. Um, I went weekly appointments and then bi-weekly, monthly. And you know, now with the COVID thing, I haven't seen her since mm, February. And I still feel really good about myself, but she did marvelous things for me. I mean, just, just to, everybody that I know of that is transgender in any way carries guilt of some kind. It's always why. You always have that question of why, and you have the guilt. She got me to the point where I have no guilt. I'm just happy with who I am. And we talked about this. If there's one thing that that you said, can I, can you really take out of this whole thing? And that's the fact that if you need help, seek it out because there are people that you can talk to, even friends. I mean, things that we do as far as uh, transgender people, I've got so many friends that talk about this with, with different people uh, to help them out and so on. 
But if you know if you can afford to get to a therapist and you can afford to do it, and you can find a good gender therapist, and that's the key. Gender therapist is the real key. Most therapists don't understand us. They just don't. But they may advertise that they understand. And that's something that we had talked about in your interview. So one of the things you want to be very careful when you're looking for a therapist, and I love that you're talking about this, and I know I propelled it. I'm a huge fan of mental health. I've been to therapy. I have a therapist. I have no shame. There's so much shame about it. But I can tell you, we all have our trauma, whatever that may be. Um, I think even kids that grew up living perfect lives have trauma from being too perfect and not understanding the rest of us. But, um, you know, there's so many levels. If you can't get, if, if you feel you need to talk to somebody, but you haven't found someone yet, go to a support group. Support groups are free. Trans support groups are free. Um, right now on Zoom, you can connect with so many like around the country and the world. But I do know because I do my own websites, I know how you know web stuff works. Um, some therapists will put on their websites that they see everybody. I see veterans, I see um, different minority groups, I see people in the LGBT community, I see people who've gone through domestic violence, I see people with addiction, and they will like list everything because they want to pop up on Google, and they want to know that you, they want you to know that they are they are open to you. And anybody who's open to talking to anybody in the transgender community, thank you. Um, you know, and, and, and anyone in the LGBT community, that's that's a beautiful offering. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are a specialist. So it's like having a heart condition and going to your family doctor. Um, they're they're going to tell you you might have an issue, but they're going to send you to a specialist. Um, Didi, what you found is somebody who focused their career for like decades on gender psychology. That's a big deal. And that's what you want to find when you are looking for somebody to talk to. She was, um, or she is uh, one of the things that has helped me a lot. I mean, yes, I'm real happy with the way my wife is with me right now, but it was good to go in. After, I think after the first appointment, I knew that I had found the right person. Um, we just kind of talked a little bit and I got to know her and I got to trust her. If you can't trust your, your therapist or your psychologist or whatever, then you need to find another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt totally at ease after the first time that we sat down for one hour. The second time I came in, we really started putting things on the table. and. That's, that's really the key in this whole thing. You have to be able to put it on the table. You have to be able to talk and you have to understand what you're saying. The good part about what I could see with, with, with her is that I would talk and she would stop me in certain points and she'd say, how about this? You know, and, and she would point me in the direction that she wanted me to go in. And that is where we all probably need to go. I'm sure there are people out there that that are transgender that maybe don't need a psychiatrist or a psychologist mm-hmm. or a, a therapist, you know, maybe they have it together. I'd say most of the people that I've talked to, most of the people I know, it's, it's a good thing. And I'm, a lot of them go. Yeah. The one thing is once you start seeing a therapist, you think everybody needs one. And then those are all how your conversations start. I was literally getting my hair done at Rise 
And um, my stylist and I were having a conversation and it was my therapist said this, my therapist said that. And this young 20 something walked by us and she chuckled and I asked how old she was. And I said, don't worry, honey, you're gonna get to an age where a lot of your friends are gonna start conversations saying, oh yeah, that's what my therapist said. (laughs) You know, and that's, um, and I love that because it takes the stigma away and there's nothing wrong with having somebody going to somebody for help. If you are struggling in any way and finding any kind of a girlfriend, a friend, you know, um, a religious leader, somebody you're comfortable with. Um, But what I love about you finding a specific gender psychologist is she sent you to the right, not just any, but the right endocrinologist. She had a fantastic referral for another specialist who's helped you along the way. Yeah. uh, And, and, Actually, he moved from one of the biggest hospitals around here to the biggest hospital, and uh, I'm following him, even though it's going to take me 50 minutes to get to him, and it was 15 before. I mean, I'm still going to see him, and the reason for that is I trust him. You know, he has, he has done some things for me that are just absolutely marvelous, and I, you know, I've got to applaud him for what he's done. And I'm shocked that your other doctor didn't send you to an endocrinologist when you were taking drugs that affected your hormones before any of this started. You That's- said it before. They don't understand. Okay. Whoops. Sorry. That was my phone. Um, they don't understand. Okay. They just don't. Um, it, like you said, it's going, going to, a, to a GP for a, for a heart condition. It they is. don't understand what to do. They really don't. And most doctors don't understand transgender. They don't understand that at all. Well, I mean, we've right got- now we're, just, we're just starting to get to that point where, where doctors are understanding a little bit more about it. But, you know, one of the things that I've always, that I've always said, and maybe I shouldn't bring this up, but, you know, we, we look at LG, you know, the, the, the whole community, okay? Um, if you're gay, that's okay. You know, if you're a lesbian, it's okay. If you're transgender, we're kind of at the bottom of rung of the ladder for some reason. And I, I see that we do not get the same treatment as the gays do or the lesbians do or whatever. That's always been my feeling. Now that's beginning to change. And the reason why I think it's beginning to change is because it's coming to the forefront. People are understanding more. And it's people like yourself that, that get out there and get people like myself and, and others that you've had on the show to actually get out and explain things to people so that they do understand. Um, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. And, and I don't think that we've, you know, we've, we've hit, hit the high point yet. I mean, we're still way down on the low rung of the ladder. People- no, Ashley, Ashley Brundage said it right in an interview I did with her. She said, we are in the transgender civil rights movement right now. And, and, and what you are doing tonight right now, Didi, is a part of it. Um, and, you know, I, I, even though you and I have crossed paths many times over the years, we hadn't connected like this until um, I talked to Nora Simone. So I do want to give a shout out to Nora Simone for connecting us because I told Nora that these were stories I wanted to tell. And she, and, and we knew we would need somebody who would be able to do it beautifully because not everybody is comfortable being 
um, speaking in public. And, and she knew that he would be a great communicator and a, and a, a great person to share at the beginning of this, this journey, because this is the first we've talked about this on this show. Um, and just to show you who, who we are affecting. So thank you, Nora. We've got Robin. Robin said, you know, my mom passed away talking about the medical records. So she's going to ask her dad about, um, you know, if she's going to ask her dad if her mom took any medications to address miscarriages and she's looking this stuff up today. So, you know, Robin, please keep us posted. I would love to know what you find out and, and how this may or may not influence your journey the, the way it has Dee Dee and, and her family. Um, Desiree's adorable. I, you know, by in Desiree's photo online, she looks like she's 22. So I always think of her as 22, but she's actually a couple years older than me. Um, Desiree says, it's interesting to hear these stories, although it was different for me since I was born in 1980. Um, and uh, we've got Stephanie McCreary joining us and Samantha Ambrose. Um, you know, she just followed up. She said, you know, by 1978, I realized I was going to be on my own for some time. Went back and spoke to her high school um and had a standing ovation good for you um so samantha i'm in a teen trans support group in worcester um at the baker mental health facility the young adults ask for me when i'm not there they need me because they know i know and i know how to give a shoulder to lean on and my experience to have survived it's a weekly group meeting imagine their questions to me oh my god Samantha, thank you so much for, for that support group that you're doing. And, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about support groups is it doesn't always have to be you there necessarily as the person needing the support, but you will get so much by giving back. We've had Danny Butler and Miranda Jones who um, co-lead the uh, trans support group in the Rappahannock region. And we've had them on the show and they talk about, you know, you can tell in, in their eyes and in their smile and in their hearts how much joy they get and how much support they get back from being there to support others. Um, you know, I was a, a I, I joined Big Brothers Big Sisters in my early 20s and that was a huge part of my life. And I remember when I joined, my uncle said, they only tell you that you're there for the little one, you will get more than the little one will. And that's what it means when you reach out and you share your story, when you find a way to give back, to connect with people, whatever that may be, when you're there to give to somebody else, oh, you get it back tenfold, tenfold. And I hope that this has been that experience for you, Dee Dee, with being a part of the show tonight. I'm ready to do it again. <laughs> I told you in the beginning of the episode, when you come back and you're like, when I come back. Yeah, no, I, but I, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's lots more to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, and Robin, Robin said something beautiful. She said, like Dee Dee said, finding out the why is important, but ultimately it's who we are. And that's I agree true. 100% with that. Mm -hmm. It's just that I have a reason. Whether it is the reason or not, it gives me a reason. And, and that's part of the, the whole thing with this DES. I actually say, okay, now I know why I've been like this all my life. Whether it was or wasn't, it doesn't matter. To me, in my own mind, that's what did this to me. And I'm going to tell you, it's not that it's a bad thing. Because I can, I can enjoy myself as a female out and understand things that no males will ever understand. That's amazing. 
It's just amazing. And like we said, you know, we're not doctors and we're not medical experts. Um, you know, she's a, a, a patient who did her own research and, and started advocating for herself, found the right people to help her and the impacts that it has had in her own self-identity in, in her marriage, you know, this, this, this gave you peace of mind. And I love that you talked about, um, the guilt that you felt and how you feel so many trans people, like there's just this embedded guilt. Um, and, and what this show is all about is helping people live a happier life. However, you can be happy, however you can find peace for you. And if you are watching and you think if I'm a DES son, then finally I'll have my peace of mind. And if you're not a DES son, if you find that out, that's still okay. Or if you can't find out, that's okay. This was just an answer to the question for Didi, but it never meant that anything is wrong with Didi. And it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, but I love that we're able to share a story with, uh, you know, Didi's story and how she was able to use information she found to find this peace and happiness in her life. Do you think I covered enough of the bases? I think you did. <laughs> I hope so. Well, if you're watching this tonight, I'm going to give a shout one last time that if you knew, because I'd like to track, if you knew what DES was before, please give us the thumbs up. Go ahead and like with the thumbs up on Facebook. Even if you're watching this later, even if it's not live, if you're watching it in replay, you can tell us you're watching it in replay, but send us the like. If this is new information to you, please do the heart because I'd love to be able to see that. Please heart in if this is new information because I, and, and if this meant anything to you, please follow up with us. I'd love it. Join us next week on Trans Tuesday. Let us know what you thought, um, what revelations that you've had, or you know, send me direct messages or send me an email. Please keep in the communication because this is, I mean, I could tell when I shared this information with the Chicago Gender Society, this was a bomb drop. And tomorrow night, I'm going to be speaking at first event and I'm going to mention this and I know it's going to affect people. Um, so speaking of first event is doing something phenomenal. They are doing weekly on Wednesday night virtual workshops on a spectrum of issues from kind of the more glammy stuff, like I'm going to talk about photography. Lindsay Tabb's been on there and she's talking about fashion, but they've got SRS doctors. They've got people talking about insurance, transitioning in the military. Brie Fram's been on there. Sarah Moore, who's also part of my feminine heart. She's going to be doing a personal um, safety talk. So just some amazing stuff. If you go to the first event website or the Trans Club of New England, TCNE, I believe it's .org, um, you will be able to sign up and register my classes tomorrow night, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, also, some big stuff that's happening. Um, and don't don't leave me yet, Didi. But um, Lindsay Taub, if you are not following her, she is dropping bombs, like gl glitter bombs left and right. She's got some really exciting stuff happening. Um, many of you have probably seen her as part of my feminine heart. I've interviewed her several times. She's taken over Trans Tuesday. She's a phenomenal person. She is a transgender image consultant, and she is in the very beginnings of starting a membership to learn how to perfect and, and discover and, and create your own image. 
Um, and we're so excited for this. And she's just on the threshold of it. She's figuring it out as she goes. And what she's been doing is like every night, every other night, she has been on her Facebook page, just her personal page, Lindsay Taub at like eight o'clock. She is just dropping these amazing tips about fashion. Didi, you said you, one of the things that you've loved about being Didi is the shopping and, and shopping with your wife. And don't you, do you two share shoes or purses? It's one or the other, right? Oh, both. We're the, we're, we're, we're the same shoe size. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. And, um, it's not as if we end up liking the same shoes all the time. I I know what she likes and she knows what I like. She's not into the boots. Like I am. I like knee high boots and that type of thing. Um, we both like sandals, love sandals. I got sandals on right now. Love them. Um, that, you know, we, we will buy sometimes a lot of things that are shoes that she can wear and shoes that I can wear, but she'll also buy things that she will only wear and I'll buy things that I will only wear. Now purses, that's a different story. She's, you know, she's one of those ones that she just loves the different designer purses and so on. She got plenty. And I thought, what is this all about as far as purses go? She got me involved. I've got probably 15, maybe 18 or 20 purses of my own now that I, you know, of designer purses. I love it. You know, it's the same type thing. So I don't know. I mean, she's, you know, she's kind of molded me a little bit. That's beautiful. I love that you share that together. Um, when we're allowed to travel again, if you both come in for Keystone, um, whenever, whenever the next conference of the area will be, I would love to take you to shopping. We've got my girlfriend's wardrobe, which is part of my feminine heart. That's where I get all my purses. Now I'm carrying a coach purse right now, um, from her and you will love the shoes. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so I will, I will take you there if you like the next time that you are in town. You probably get me when we go to Harrisburg, she will probably go to the next um, to the next soiree as far as Manatee Club. She missed the last one, was going to go, and we had some problems, and that's where she would have ended up meeting you, okay? So, that would have been um, so lovely. Yeah, next next time, when, on, on the next, when all this is all over and done with, and it will be, and we will get back to normal lives, it's going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's um, right. I don't know if everybody saw, I did like a little breakfast club fist yeah, in the air. Absolutely. Yeah. it's going to be done. And when it's done, we're all going to go out, we're going to celebrate and have some fun. You know, there's no doubt. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping the first part of next year that things are going to start getting back to normal. And, uh, you know, from all indications, they're you know, really looking at the possibility, maybe by the end of the year or January for sure, we can all get a get that shot and not have to worry about this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm in line. I'm, I'm going to be standing right there. I'll be with you, honey. Thank yeah, you, you so go. much. I like, I can't wait. I can't wait till we're all back together. I mean, I love this Zoom that I can talk to you and you're in another part of the country and that tomorrow night I can talk to, you know, first event for Boston and that I was able to talk to people in Chicago a few weeks ago. I mean, that part of this, oh my gosh, the magic that we're able to, to share this story and live and communicate with everyone tonight. I am, I am so in love with this and I'm a, I'm a half, a glass half full Take the positive thing away that you can, but yeah, I'm ready to get my travel on and to see everybody and hug everyone. Oh, I miss the hugs. Um, we've got some some comments coming in yet before we sign completely off. 
Um, Desiree says, if any of you care to get to know me, hop in my I am, I don't mind. Yes, Desiree, I'm so sorry. You're always like reaching out to me on Facebook when I'm not around. Um, but yeah, I think Desiree's looking to, to connect with some sisters in our My Feminine Heart community. So give Desiree a shout. Christy Avery says, wonderfully done, Cass and Dee Dee, exclamation point. Thank you, Christy. Um, Sarah Shore says, thank you, exclamation point. Tommy Lynn Royer, thank you guys. Samantha Ambrose, thank you, Dee Dee and Cassandra for tonight. You know, we get like a lot of comments that come in on Trans Tuesday, but I think this is the first time where we've just gotten, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, oh, Dee Dee, to reiterate our audience, thank you. Thank you for coming on tonight and for being so brave and for sharing everything that you did. You're a beautiful person. So honored to have had you been our August Sister of the Month. And um, I hope you join us next Tuesday when um, we announce who our next September Sister of the Month is going to be. And we unveil all the exciting stuff because we've got really exciting stuff happening in September too. Looking forward to it. Ciao, sweetie. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. We love you. Thank you for joining us. Have a beautiful evening. Remember, there's a reason you are here. Uh, we love you. And just keep on trucking. You've got this. You can do it. You're halfway through the week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Good night, everybody. See ya.